Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you do? 
Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We are off on vacation this week. Uh, we're pre-recorded. It's a brand new show. Not going to be a full-length show. Maybe an hour, hour and a half. I had an interview with Tim Brown from Striker that I had recorded this week that I wanted to air. I figured since we're away, we'll do that and play some music around it. But right there, Annihilator, Alice in Hell. I love that band in the early days. You know, like the late early, late. What about? Forgive me. Late eighties, early nineties. Randy Rampage, after he left the band, I kind of fell out of favor with them. But they're still putting out good records today. I just think, you know, the inconsistency and the hard time of keeping any lineup together for more than one record uh, since those days has really hurt the band big time. But they're still out and around, and they're on the road uh, as we speak, touring. So uh, there you go. All right, let's get to the music. We'll play what we can. We'll get that interview on with Tim Brown from Stryker. And uh, we'll be back live uh, next Sunday night. So uh, how about uh, we do a little bit of uh, Abattoir, Twisted Hands of Darkness.
talking about the 11th commandment. That comes off the 87 record suspended sentence uh, with Michael Jackson on vocals. Uh, you know, Satan has had probably a half a dozen singers that are better in the band. If you go back to the very early days of the group, when they were first getting started, you have, uh, you have Steve Alsop and Andrew Frepp. Uh, I believe Trevor Robinson came in after that for about a year or two, then Lou Taylor, then Ian Swift, and then Brian Ross, which is the classic era of the band, which most people love, uh, including myself. And then Michael Jackson came in in 87. That was sort of the dwindling in the end of the band. I think right before they kind of morphed into Pariah, and uh, Michael Jackson was uh, with the group at that point, too. Uh, but there's, there's such a thing, like that classic lineup with Brian Ross, it's a perfect combination of vocals and music that kind of created that Satan sound. I mean, it's one of the most unique sounds in the world. And you can hear Michael Jackson trying to hit some of those Brian Ross notes or melodies on like some of those lines. Uh, it's just not the same. It was a really good record. I mean, I didn't care for it as much as when it came out as I do now because I was kind of disappointed that Brian Ross wasn't with the group anymore. But it is a solid album. And, you know, I'm glad that that classic lineup is back together today. Still putting out records that have that amazing sound uh, from the early days of the group. Good stuff over there. All right, let me see what we can do now. We got this interview with Tim Brown from Strike. We'll get on in a little bit. Let's do uh, one or two more songs between now and then. How about some brand new trance? I haven't had a chance to listen to the album myself. Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing it, so uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot together. Here's Thunderbird Rising. Confusion When all went to zero 
of the Ripper, Steve Grimmett. That's actually off of his solo record, the Personal Crisis record from, wow, that's been about 10 or 15 years or better since that record came out. Steve looks great, man. He's recuperating pretty well. I've seen some of his pictures and videos, and I can guarantee you he'll be back up on stage before the end of the year performing again. All right, we spoke to Tim Brown from Striker this week. We'll get that interview on for you right now. We'll play a couple of more tunes after that, and we'll uh, wrap it up. A quick show just to fill in for the week that I'm off on vacation. But we are back live May 7th with uh, our good friend Bob Mitchell from Save You From Anger. The band is going to be out on tour for a little while uh, in the month of May. Uh, So we'll talk to him all about that and where they're playing. And an interview with Vince Manfredi, Vinnie Paul from Attila. So don't forget to listen to that when we get back live on May 7th. Here you go. Here's our interview with Stryker. Tim, this is Mike. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, what's going on? How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, yourself? I I can't complain. I'm talking to you. How bad can life be? <laughs> I'm sure there's worse things to be doing. So. <laughs> I'm sure about that. Hey, listen, you know, I, I've been a big fan of the band since the day you guys got started. And you've been with the band about four or five years now. How are things going now? Do you feel like you're more settled in and part of the group, or did you kind of have that feeling from the day you joined? Because your brother is in the band also. Yeah, well, uh, the nice thing about this band, at least for me, is that I've known everybody in it for a really long time. So, uh, I mean, it was was really easy to just hop in and let her rip. I mean, I've known uh, everybody in the band for a long time. We've all been friends, like... We were playing shows together before Stryker even existed. You know, we were in other bands and putting on shows years before Stryker became a band. So it it felt supernatural. Yeah. Are you still on the road now? I know the first leg of the tour ended, right? Uh, yeah. The So we had, I guess, three, three legs of tour, actually. We did a, a U.S. tour where we played down at 70,000 Tons of Metal, which started in uh, that – that was January uh, like 15th. I think we left home and that went all the way to, I think we got home like February 12th or 13th. So we were gone for about a month. And then uh, right after that, we flew to Europe and did seven weeks with Sonata Arctica. And uh, that happened uh, right after we got home. And uh, yeah, we actually just got home from Europe yesterday. And then we have uh, our last three shows are here in Alberta. We're doing some, uh, we're doing three shows to uh, celebrate the launch of our new album here with some hometown crowds across uh, three cities in Alberta. That's great. Seven weeks out in the road, I mean, just over in Europe, that's a long time. Does it get kind of draining on the band after a while? <laughs> yeah, well, the the fun, the, the most exciting part about that tour was how terrible our tour bus was. Our bus driver kept complaining. He's like, he's this uh, like Eastern European Russian dude, and he's like, I want to bazooka bus. So he just wanted to like blow up the bus, and we're it was just terrible. It's like the worst bus in the universe. But that being said, I mean, um, you know, it's it's nice to have a little uh, somewhere to hide, so to speak, or you know, have a rest. You know, it was it was great that uh, despite not having good sleeps, you could go have a nap once in a while. I mean, every time if you fall asleep on your back in that bus. Uh, you would wake up with numb arms. So it was pretty tough for, for seven weeks, and I'm really happy to be in my own bed again. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you know, these are two, you know, these are some pretty major tours that you get on. Is it difficult trying to hook up the band on these kind of tour packages? Is there a lot of work involved? 
Um, it can be. Uh, the nice thing about a lot of the, the tour packages and stuff that we've been on uh, recently in about the last year is that uh, we have a really good team behind us and uh, different partners, and they're, they're, they, uh, they help us out a lot when it comes to you know getting on the Sonata Tour, playing 70,000 tons, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's great that we have them working with us. That's always great when you have that kind of backing. Do you, you ever feel like it gets to a point where you can't, you, you know, you can't kind of rest a little bit on your laurels and let other people take over? Do you still have to like be aggressive and push it like you're just starting out for the first time? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a thing that a lot of people maybe uh, forget about or uh, let go. As as your band grows, a lot of people think, you know, you have to be doing new things or uh you know maybe when a band gets to a certain point you know they forget about oh i still have to invite people to my shows and stuff people aren't just going to come you know i think i think that's a lot with uh, sports and things like that too people start forgetting about the fundamentals of what made your band good in the first place so you always have to remember what you're doing and once once you get good at something you still have to keep doing everything that got you to that point yeah uh, do you think the internet is still a help or a hinder? Is more of a help or a hindrance to a band today? I mean, ten years ago, maybe social media is just starting out. It was a great tool for bands, but it just seems so overwhelming today to go on there and find out what even like your favorite band is doing. I mean, is is there any other way of promoting a band today outside of the internet? Um, I think the best way to promote a band these days, and probably this has remained true for for pretty much ever is just get out and go on tour. I think that's every time we go out on tour, something bigger and better happens to us, uh, especially in the last couple of years. I mean, uh, we did a, a big tour with Primal Fear just a year ago. And I mean, the amount of stuff we've done since then has been ridiculous. I mean, you go on tour and you meet so many people, especially when you start getting to do uh, bigger tours and you you just meet so many people. So, I mean, uh, you know, you go on one big tour, you meet a bunch of people, open, you know, one new door, and then you get on another tour or you get another, uh, you know, you get hooked up with someone, and then that opens maybe two doors, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's those doors lead to more things to do. So it just kind of keeps going and going. So that's, that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, uh, there's a lot of exciting offers and things like that. Yeah, so in a way, I mean, it's kind of like winning over new fans. Whatever show you play, you add a couple each time. You know, the fan base goes bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, I'm kind of dating myself, but you know, going back to the late '70s, early '80s, there was a slim chance in hell that I was going to meet Judas Priest or Ozzy or I made it, you know, during the show. But today, the fans have <laughs> yeah. so much access to you guys. You're available before the show and after to shake hands and hang out, and take pictures. I think that's a big thing. Is fans really love that and appreciate it today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it was interesting, like, again, talking about Primal Fear, uh, which was a really great tour for us. We, uh, you know, we were selling our own merch on the road and stuff, and uh, we would be at the merch booth at the end of every single show. And for the first, like, week or two of that tour, you know, uh, the other bands would just go to their bus and, you know, or be backstage, have their showers or whatever. But uh by the end of the tour, they saw how successful it, it was because, you know, there'd just be tons of people taking pictures and, you know, they, they would want something to for us to sign. So they'd be buying lots of CDs or shirts and stuff. And then they're like, wow, that's working really well for them. 
we should go out and hang out at the merch booth too. So it was kind of interesting to see the, the older band starting to uh, learn a thing or two from us young whippersnappers. <laughs> you know, Canada has such a great history for metal. So many ba- amazing bands have come out of it over the last three, four decades. Is it still pretty vibrant today? Is there enough of a scene for bands up and coming? I mean, you guys are sort of the senior statesman now after being around more than 10 years. Uh, but is there still enough uh, yeah. of a scene for the bands to, like, you know, create a little buzz going for themselves over there? Or is it kind of difficult being Canada such a big place? Uh, well, Canada is kind of interesting because, uh, it, like you said, it is such a big place and it can be really hard to get started and get that ball rolling. But uh, on the other hand, once you get to a certain size, there's a lot of support out there. So we were able to get a lot of government grants and things like that, which are incredibly helpful. And, you know, we've toured with lots of bands from all over the world and those kind of things don't exist. So, I mean, um, I don't even know how we'd survive without some of these government grants that we get for touring and stuff so there's a lot of support here because i think a lot of people know that it is really hard but if you look across all genres of music there's a lot of canadians i mean i think uh it was the grammys last year or something there was like uh you know there was like drake justin bieber uh all kinds of you know these big names and they're all from canada which is cool as a canadian because i mean it's a fairly small country, especially if you compare it to the United States. So. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, since the City of Gold record, that was your first album with the band. I mean, you can really hear how the band has gelled and come together with each album since that time, up until the new one, the self-titled record, Striker. I mean, a lot of growth over a couple of years between the four of you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, once once you've done it, recorded a few albums with, with uh you know the the rest of the band. Everybody kind of knows, uh, kind of how to fit together a little bit better. And we've also been really. Uh, we always want to get better at everything. So I think that helps when everybody's like, "Yeah, I want to be. You know, I want to shred. I want to be the most insane shredder in the universe." And seeing someone else put in that effort and uh, uh, work is inspiring to everyone else. It's like, "Oh, sweet! I want to shred too." And then you know, everybody kind of wants to get more and more uh, insane as as the, the years go on. So I think that's, yeah. that's kind of a little bit of it. Do you think, it's, do you think that's more important uh, as a musician, as a guitar player, the ability that you have to create that kind of music and shred like that? Or does it basically come down to, you know, a good catchy chorus and verse type of song? I think it's a little bit of both, uh, at least for, you know, metal. Uh, basically everything comes down to for us, the, the main thing that we're always looking for is having, you know, those catchy melodies, having uh, strong hooks, making sure, you know, that it's fun to listen to. That's our biggest thing. And guitar solos and over-the-top vocals and things like that are, are all things that uh, that's like icing on the cake. You got to make a really good cake first, and then if yeah. you put some really good icing on it, then then you then you can really start knocking it out of the park. So that's that's kind of what we're we're trying to all, all that extra stuff is uh goes on the foundation of a good melody good rhythm stuff like that yeah uh you you and your brother have been playing together for a long time i mean between the two of you uh you, you still have uh six guns over tombstone going <laughs> no no it, i i stopped we stopped doing that i don't even know maybe like 10 years ago or something but uh yeah that we have been playing together for a long time i 
probably something like 10, 15 years or something like that. Uh, it's got to be help having, you know, another sibling that you can play with, especially on a drum and guitar. So you kind of got, you know, the two, the two basics covered over there. But does it, does it get to a point where you say to yourself, I'm going to kill this guy if I have to play with him for five more minutes to <laughs> get to that point? <laughs> uh, no, no, really. I mean, it's a, it's a good chemistry, like uh, on tour, um, when we're playing shows and stuff, you know, a big train wreck ending uh, for a lot of songs. Like, I don't even have to look behind me at the drum kit to tell when, you know, the final hit is coming just because I know instinctively. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been playing together for a long time, so it's cool that I don't even have to look just like, and here it comes, because it's not on a metronome or anything. It just kind of comes in whenever, right? And da 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 And you, you know. kind of know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought you did an Ozzy cover on the new record. What made you choose that, Desire? You kind of went like mid-level Ozzy, mid-ever, I should say. yeah. Uh, we just, uh, we were, we needed some bonus tracks for, uh, for some of our distributors and, uh, always have bonus tracks for like our pre-order editions and special editions and stuff. And, uh, we were just sitting around one day and we're like, okay, well, we need some songs. And someone's like, how about Desire? And I was like, okay, perfect. Let's do it. There's not really a lot of thought that goes into the, uh, the bonus tracks. We just kind of pick some random songs and let her rip. I was just gonna say that it's not a lot of thought, and it's like, okay, it sounds good to me. <laughs> whatever somebody comes <laughs> yeah, out Yeah, so that's pretty much exactly what happened. Like, yeah, whatever, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm not gonna keep you, man. But I mean, we're kind of early on in the year. Is there anything already set in stone for the rest of the year? Yeah, we're uh, we got lots of cool announcements coming. Um, we hope that we can uh, make some. We hope that everybody will be able to uh, see what we're doing in the next couple of weeks. We've got hopefully another announcement, and then uh, we're starting to plan our next European tour sometime in the fall and winter. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff coming from the striker camp. Certainly not slowing down. That's going to be great. Uh, I'm guessing I'm going to see you here in the U.S. this year. Uh, fingers crossed. I mean, that's that's our plan. All right. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Totally weak.
had a nice long set of music over there. After the interview, we played Brand New Striker, Born to Lose. After that, Queensryche were blinded. <clears throat> Excuse me, Hollow's Eve, Plunge into Megadeth, and Griffin, Truth to the Cross. We're going to wrap it up here in this abridged, edited version of the Sunday Night Show while we're off. We'll be back live next Sunday, May 7th. So don't forget to tune in at 6 p.m. EST. We're back to our two-hour show. Let's close it out with some Venom at War with Satan. Take care, everybody. See you next week.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.